Hey everybody, welcome to So Fast, So Furious, the ultimate Fast and Furious podcast. Dominic Toretto lives his life a quarter mile at a time, so we're watching the Fast and Furious movies a quarter hour at a time. I'm Zach Bassetta, screenwriter, movie lover, general guy. General all-around badass. Yeah. I'm Vito Lapicola. I'm also a writer, producer, director, and uh, actor. And I'm Anthony Ray Bench, a film critic for Film Threat and also the co-host of the Film Threat podcast. Awesome. That's, that's is some all around. pedigree that you cannot argue with, folks. That's right. And so, uh, yeah, we're on the second 15, second section of 15 movies in the f- first... Uh, we're on the second set of 15 minutes in the first movie, The Fast and the Furious. Uh, we left off with uh, Dom and Brian just about to get on their first race. Their first race. And by the way, I have to point something out. I don't know if we brought this up on the last show or not, but but when we were talking about doing this project, Zach, you were saying that you were like, it's almost as if they blocked this movie out in 15-minute increments. Mm-hmm they have so far fit so perfectly into 15 minutes. Like they actually, like the 15 minutes end the on amazing ends. lines. Exactly. Right when it cuts, I'm like, it's almost like you're reading a book and it's a chapter. It's a chapter, exactly. And they meant it so so the economy with which these movies are made, well, at least with, with the first one is made, is pretty amazing. Yeah. But sorry, I had to point that out. Does the chapter select go with that too? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty close actually. Because... Uh, Yes, it does. It does. <laughs> you get a little beclimped there, Zach. Well, I felt like that's going to be a longer explanation, but uh, no, it really does because um, when we left off, I started chapter you know four or whatever, and it was like three seconds after fifteen minutes, and then uh, at the end, it really ends right at thirty. That's so wild. Yeah, it's really weird. Are we going to have to do a separate episode just for the credits? No. Okay. No, I've good. actually planned okay. this out. No, we should okay. be fine. All right. Great. So okay. sorry, go ahead. Not at all. So uh, they got the, the race ready. Everyone heads out, seemingly kind of a ways away from the warehouse where they originally were. They drive somewhere down the road. I believe it's 110th and Hawthorne. Hawthorne, yes, right. I, that's true. Did you look that up? I, I have not seen if it, I, I mean, I'm sure it's actually streets here in LA, but I'll look that up while you're talking just, okay, to, okay. just to verify. You never know. In Hollywood, they make up like cross streets all the time and then you you go look for that and then it's not there. Like I look for the karate kids dojo from like Cobra Kai and I couldn't find it. Doesn't so exist. yeah, it's not all, it's not on nerd. the address where they say it's at. You're damn right. I'm a nerd. Well, this is down in, in some part of the downtown area of Los Angeles and the spectators all park. Like they have assigned parking. It's like choreographed parking with all the spectator cars. You oh, know, yeah. just if you're going to be a car racer, you, you, you choreograph you know your driving. It's like yeah. the Zigfield follies of like street, <laughs> street legal racing. It's yeah. actually kind of a visual representation because they're all pros. They've all been doing this, That's right? Yeah, um, you know, for a significant part of their adult life. And then we have Brian, the newcomer, the rookie, yeah, who's kind of trying to pretend that he's all about that life, but obviously he's an undercover cop, and he goes over the line, which you pointed that out, and. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because all of the extras, I guess, were actual street racers that, you know, the director found. So that's why I feel like they work so well. You've and guess, when they called the cut, the cops showed up and arrested every single one of them. <laughs> right. You're getting, you're getting way ahead it's of totally, us. Way it's, ahead of it's us. It's totally one of those situations where it was just a setup for the cops to catch. Hey, you guys want to be extras in an awesome street racing movie? Bring your cars. <laughs> they all show up. It's just a bunch of cops led by Al Pacino. Round them up. Round them up and put them away. 
Hua. So, and there's also a lot of girls here, predominantly Asian. Oh hell yeah! Like. There's the we get the Asian schoolgirl contingency, school which uh, which is always a, a good visual plus. Which for a race. seems like to go yeah with the street racer sort of motif, as if they're setting up the third film in the in the series. We'll get there. We'll which, get there. Which we'll get to in about forty episodes, apparently. And uh, some <laughs> of some of the spectators uh, block the streets so no other cars can you know get in the way. And uh, Leon from Dom's crew stops uh, a pizza guy, which you yeah. pointed out is actually the director. Cameo by Rob Cohen, ladies and gentlemen. Who just wants yeah. to make his he's, pizza he's delivery. Like, I love the fact that he's like the world's oldest pizza delivery guy. <laughs> yeah. No offense to Rob Cohen, but the guy's like completely gray. He's like, hey, what are you kids doing? What are you kids blocking the road for? <laughs> I'm just trying to work here. I was so hoping he was joined the race. I know. <laughs> that would have like, been amazing. Pizza Hut Express or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Powered by anchovy. Sorry. Here's my entrance Horrible. fee of meat lovers with stuffed crust pizza. Well, with all of his uh, P- Pizza Hut tips, you know, for delivering, I'm sure he had two G's on him. You know, I bet as a Pizza Hut delivery driver at 110th and Hawthorne, you got to know how to drive pretty fast and pretty furious. And so Leon is also on a police scanner, so he knows when the cops are going to be busy. There's dudes literally spray painting a start line onto the road, even though there's already a white line on the street. Damn, I thought that hoodlums. was funny. Well, but you got to do it in the cool way. You, you, know? be you precise. can't just go up to the stop sign you know you gotta right so yeah and uh at one point uh dom i guess like turns on his music which it sounds like you know coming blasting it's out of his car limp biscuit it's like it's like level 2000s. one it's, it's like level one of any 90s cd-rom game you know just like an action his car basically becomes a transformer with a the 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 speakers coming up and like everything kind of just shifting. everything turns green yeah yeah but I did love what you mentioned about all the little things that Brian is doing that point out his sort of uh, amateurism, even though like how amateur is he? I mean, I guess we don't really know at this point, but whether it's on purpose or not, like you mentioned, he pulls up to the line. He goes a little too far, has to back up because he's a white bread amateur. And uh, he, by the way, has a dopey grin on his face the entire he time. Does. He's eating as this if shit he's up. a little special, just a little, <laughs> a little slow. He's like the idiot savant who's like, I can drive cars real fast. And uh, Ja Rule's character gets offered the menage a trois if he, if he wins. Uh, by a, by a not most attractive. I mean, well, apparently by, by that the standards of the series, the woman who's that's like, true. who's like, hey, if you win, you can have me and her. I was like. Maybe her. By yeah. the way, grab my boobies. Yeah, like she totally total boob exploitation. Well, apparently right she there. the the actress was actually just with Ja Rule, and so she got that's offered the part. Hilarious. So she was with him already, I guess. Come on, Ja, if you're listening to this, that's the best girl you could pick up being an internationally it was famous, especially in the early 2000s. Come when on, his bro. Career was like huge. right when he was yeah, actually doing stuff. Yeah, she kind of looks like she like stepped out of like a, a 7-Eleven and they were like, do you want to be in a movie? And she was like, sure. <laughs> Jesus. You guys can grab my boob if you want. <laughs> okay. I'm very proud of them. <laughs> and there's also this little moment where Brian's in his car and he's kind of giving himself this pep talk, which I, I think I missed like the first two or three times I watched this. Yeah, it's and a I really just nice was, little character moment. Right. And so it's sort of like he's setting himself up to like, I don't know, just 
get this thing done, you know, and do a good job. And well, there's there's also I wanted to point out uh, we talked about this in the last episode too. Like this movie's incredibly well shot and kind of paced. There's that moment when Brian does pull up and he backs up, and they all you get the shot through the windows, through the driver's side windows yes. of all of the all four cars. Yes, and they all look in succession. Like Brian looks at the guy next to him, and they keep looking, and they all look over at Dom. Dom looks at them, and then the camera rack focuses back. It's, it's a great, really shot. hard shot to do. So I just wanted to point out how like pretty dope that shot is. Totally. And and Brian is also he's setting up his Nas. He's setting up his laptop and his GPS and all these other things like Marty McFly getting ready to go back to 1955 or something. And uh, it is it is that was pointed out when we were watching the 15 yeah. minutes earlier is like it is that has to be a little nod to like think back so. to the future. Anthony, you pointed at that. Who, who was at the point of that? I, I, said, I said the, the Millennium future. Falcon. You said Millennium Falcon. Yeah. yeah, because it does definitely, there's a weird fetishistic like quality to that moment. All that, that yeah, the, the flip the switch and the slip, pops switch out. flipping. Yeah, yeah, and there's like 3D technology on the, on the, on the view screen and stuff. Totally. It's very, very advanced for 2001. Yes, and, and Dom is getting his stuff ready as well, which, and you actually, Anthony, pointed out how it was interesting that it was kind of a secret. Like, yeah. does he know? Because my theory is that, like, he's only going to use it when he has to use it. And he's not, it's not against the rules per se, but he's not advertising that he needs Nas. Yeah, I, I misunderstood a line from the, the first 15 minutes where um, the the shopkeeper basically says that um, Nas isn't for amateurs. I thought he said Nas is for amateurs. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed the the fact, you know, before I was enlightened, I guess, <laughs> um, that like Vin Diesel and is kind of like, you know, promoting this whole thing where, like, you know, I don't need Nas. Mm-hmm. And he lifts it up and he's like, and he's got I, I need Nas. Nas. Yeah, yeah, he's got it hidden under the seat with yeah. a convenient little pull tab <laughs> that he can like. And it is, I guess it's because Vin's car is kind of like more of a classic car too. So maybe he's got that kind of like muscle car pride where he's like, I just want people to think that it's, you know, it's all old school. Well, yeah. you know, before you you blew my theory out of the water, like <laughs> I, I thought it, it it spoke volumes about you know, kind of like you know, he he's kind of a cheat, a little bit of a scoundrel. He is he is a bit of a villain, as yeah. as we sure. will see in the next fifteen or thirty minutes. You know, <laughs> but you ruined that for me, Zach. You well, son of a bitch. Well, the way I remember it is Harry that owns the store says you don't want to use Nas because if you use it, they'll know that you're not an amateur because yeah. it's so dangerous that amateurs might if you know used incorrectly blow themselves up or something yeah like. because he's i mean if you really think about it like they don't know this guy from adam he's showing right. up yeah he wants to hop on the race he's flirted with dom's sister he's pissed off some of the people in the scene already he's almost lost his job or maybe has lost his, his job. fake job yeah so so like you know if he's not a known guy you figure that even if he was arizona is not that far away from from California. So, I mean, you'd figure if he was a really well-known racer, it would have gotten to them. Like they would have known that this dude was in town and that he was there to make an, you know, so he is an unknown quantity, but he presents himself. I don't know. I, I, I almost, the more that I think about it now that I'm talking about it is he almost presents himself as being more of a wannabe that way. Mm -hmm. Like I think he endears himself to them because of that, because they see that he's a goofball. He edges over the line and has to back up. He's got that all shucks thing and he's got the Nas and they're like, look at this fucking white boy trying to come in here and uh-huh. try to try to impress us. You know what I mean? But he ends up 
doing that. But I do think that even to. even throughout this early part that he is impressing. Like Dom is impressed in the balls of Brian. Like the, like that he showed up. Yeah. You know that he put his car on the line and like that you know his car sort of checks out with the equipment and stuff. And uh, but yeah, there, you're right. There is more. Well, and there, but there was also that moment in the first 15 minutes of the movie where when they're about to go to the race, Dom has that line where he basically says, you know, I, I, I forgot what the line is that Dom says, but um, Brian says, for some people, honor is more important than money. And there's that the moment. Respect. Yeah, it's the respect. And and that's, I think, that that is literally right. the moment where the bromance begins, You're right. where he starts to realize, maybe this kid's a lot like a young version of me. And that's why there's I think there's more he, to it. Yeah. than just, yeah, there's more the race, to this kid the money. Yeah. He may be earnest and goofy, but he's got like, there's a heart behind what he's doing for sure. And so I think that's why Dom kind of takes a liking to this kid and why he kind of takes him under his wing. Makes sense. His, his considerable muscled, you know, chicken <laughs> his, wing or whatever. 24 inch his, Python. That's right. <laughs> So Leon, Leon reports to, to Hector, their, our old buddy Hector, that there's been a murder in Glendale. I know they're, they're all happy <laughs> that someone's been murdered yeah, on the right. other side of the city. <laughs> the cops are busy. Because he's like, the cops will be all over that. Like every cop in yeah. Los Angeles, <laughs> all five of them apparently <laughs> is going to be at the murder scene the Glendale murder. in Glendale, even right. though they're clearly <laughs> over by LAX. Right, right. And, and it's like a completely different jurisdiction. <laughs> But, uh, you know, that's it's a good point. Yeah. I mean, it's like how many cops are in L.A.? How many are going to go to this murder? Three right. at tops. I mean, right, like, right. You don't need the entire squad. <laughs> well, one way or another, they, they get away with it, I guess. Uh, and I also wanted to point out. What it's we interesting. don't know is that Leon committed that murder. Just to get called, to start called the race. in the tip. <laughs> hey, guys, there's a dead guy in the hotel over in Glendale. And I wanted to point out um, that when they start the race, uh, because later on in the series, how they start these races becomes such a thing. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Yeah. And here Leon tells Hector that we're a go and Hector just says go. And I just thought that was interesting that it's such a, I think Justin Lin is the one who kind of really made the, like the start of the race has become almost like that moment of truth, right? You know, I've got a lot to say about these, the race openings in the other movies. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, so we have now the first real race of the fast and furious series. Yeah. This is the one that sets up the rest of the movies. So Mm -hmm. there's certain earmarks that we get in this one that Mm -hmm. kind of continue into the other movies and certain things that they lose. Well, for example, mm-hmm. we get these special effects shots that go through the car. Like when Dom fires up his car, these nowadays like horrible special effects back in the day, Anthony, when this movie came out, that was a really amazing shot. I do think that was, yeah, it was an appeal. Yeah, that was like one of those shots that people in the audience were like, whoa, now you watch it. You're like, I could have done that on my computer on after effects. Yeah. On it with after effects. But back then that was a revolutionary shot where the, where the car goes through revolutionary. Come on. That's, that's a little hyperbolic. It changed the way movies were made. (laughs) Anthony, which is why every movie has a shot where it goes through the car. I'm just making that up. It was Um, the 2001 space odyssey of car shots. It is, it is a cool shot. You know, they, Mm -hmm. they try to go for some of the matrixy stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it's obviously as we'll get to in the race, when we have some of the distortion effects, somebody 
in the executive team was like, how can we make this more like the Matrix without making it like the Matrix? <laughs> and so they had to come up with effect shots to make I've it got look ideas. like going faster. But, um, but we got that amazing shot where it goes through the ignition and the camera goes all the way through the car and out of the From exhaust. From Dom starting the ignition. Right? Yeah, I it's think, a really yeah, cool shot. It really kind of, I like that it connects the driver to the car in a way. It is kind yeah. of like this. You see the spark in the ignition yeah. and everything and it goes all the way through the car and then out mm-hmm. of the back as the flames go. Right. It's kind of a neat shot. I, I dug it. It's interesting. And Anthony's <laughs> got a glazed look on his face. You look thinking about Nas. Donut. <laughs> it's Nas. Oh my God, I could really use a donut right now. Yeah. They Can, do some donuts later in the movie, but with their tires. Uh, sorry, uh, Anthony. I know. I'm sorry. You've got the, <laughs> the terrible jokes. And so Brian is the last off the start line. Another nice little, little touch, I thought. And uh, he's checking his laptop. He releases the Nas and he passes Edwin, uh, the Jaw Rule character, who is upset at this. Because, and he's like, oh, he's like, I'm going to lose my menagerie. Or or Monica. Monica, yeah. <laughs> Why do I know this? And that he's was probably upset. her real name. Probably so, exactly. Say, you want to be in this movie? Sure, as long as I get to show my boobs. <laughs> What's your name? Just call me Monica. <laughs> With a K. Totally, yeah. <laughs> three. I, I said three Ks, but that makes it sound racist. <laughs> oh, no. But she, well, she is because she calls him the N-word later. That's true. So maybe it is three Ks. <laughs> well, and also it's interesting that he's pissed because even if Brian passes him, he, like, or even if Brian didn't pass him, he's still in third place. Because, still going to get to bang the ugly redhead. Well, no, I mean, but would he? Because he wasn't going to beat no, Dom. She the- says, even if you don't win. Right. So coming in fourth place technically is not winning. So right. technically he should still get to sleep with the redhead, regardless well, the of whether thing. he wins or not. It's pretty much <laughs> that- like a win-win but he, thing for Ja Rule, because she's like, even if you don't win, you get to sleep with me. But if right. you do win, you get to sleep with her. Right. And then 60 feet away, there's this beautiful woman who somehow heard them talking about that. Well, and I knows think to she wave. knows what's going on. Right. She right. knows she's what's like, being offered. Monica, over it was negotiated before. That's right. And she's that's like, that's go right. over there and tell him we're going to sleep with him, whatever. But I only gonna, if he I wins. I ain't sleeping behind that 7-Eleven again tonight. <laughs> I ain't sleeping with no loser either. So Brian almost has the race one. He wins, or I'm not doing it because this dries up. Sleeping with this, I have a reputation. (laughs) And uh, so Brian has actually remember the two canisters of Nas. He's about to uh, do the second one, and the computer, his little laptop, is warning him not to do it, but he does it anyway. And so his car is falling apart. Wait a minute, I do have to. I have to point two things out. Yeah, during this race, first of all. You have pointed out, Zach, that that in the director's commentary, Rob Cohen says that this entire race takes place in 10 seconds. It's meant there's, to, yeah. There's a sequence where, like, the manifold is being threatened and, like, like all of these bolts are like popping, popping up off, from the yeah. bottom of the car. and everything. That, that alone is 10 <laughs> seconds long. Hey, and, it's like, hyper-reality, I can't man. imagine that that could have been the entire race. But this is the first, first in, in eight movies where you are introduced to an abnormally long racing section. Right. Like this this stretch of road, I've never seen. Okay, we it's all a quarter live, mile. View. We all live in LA. I have never seen a lack of cars 
in that amount of driving distance in my well, life. Because they blocked them all off. With so the, you're saying the there cars. are like 8,000 people blocked. Like it's a how very large community. The, the guy who's like, you know what? I'd love to be racing tonight, but I'll go 14 you're on blocks blocker down. Duty. You're on blocker duty I'll go tonight. 14 blocks down and sit at the stoplight so no one can get around. It's a team effort. I mean, I like know. if you want to race, you got to block sometimes. That's yeah. just the way it works. That's true. <laughs> but but so it is, it is the beginning of like the abnormally long... distance where cars are and you're like how fucking far are these guys drive like they should have hit something by now like someone should have got how many people in glendale did they murder right (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) like like like, and we all we oh it's a big murder we know big murder tonight I know. There's so many murders. <laughs> murders over here. The murders over there. Glendale are like, this is like a fucking season of True Detective. What the hell's it? I think we got a serial killer here. CSI Glendale. The, um, but, but like, the, okay, so we get the abnormally long racetrack, which is introduced in this movie and kind of carries over to the rest of the movies, which Anthony, being the guy who hasn't seen any of these seen films, you will, you will understand later. It becomes somewhat of a joke. And then um, there's also the fact I love I love that computers always give you way more information in movies than you would get in real life. Right. It literally starts beeping and going and and it says danger to manifold, manifold like like present or something. It's like potential, like, I think. Potential yeah. danger to man like he's like, shut up. Cars really that smart to <laughs> yell out. Hey, bro, your manifold's about to fucking go bust. And I mean, how much, how powerful could the Nas really be? It's right. blowing off the bottom of his car. And he's, he's almost got powerful Nas. It's very powerful, powerful Nas. But Dom decides to use his Nas and ekes out a win at the last he moment. He barely squeaks by. He does. By a nose. Mm-hmm. I would say that if this were like in 10 seconds, it was like one quarter of one billionth of a Second. Probably. I mean, it's, it's amazing that they didn't need flash photography to figure out who won. Right. Right. Because it looked like Brian was going to win. It did. He had it. His little pep talk, I thought it was like, he that, needed was, to, that was going to nail him. it. But his pep talk did not come through for him. He needed to say, I'm going to win one more time. Right. Just right. one once more. And, well, Dom wins. He gives his money to his sister Mia to count and lifts up his trophy, Letty Ortiz. Who he he literally, he literally says, "My trophy." Tro- There's so much politically incorrect stuff in this movie. He literally says, "Now I get to lift my trophy," <laughs> and he picks he picks up the incredibly beautiful <laughs> yes. Michelle Rodriguez. I, uh, to you, know, you. <laughs> I guys, those of you out there in the audience who love Michelle Rodriguez, stick your hands in the air right now and give me a what what. <laughs> Because I think she's good. I know. I have to keep with the 2001 references. This is this Fair is enough. not this is not 2018. This is 2001. I'm doing old references. But anyway, I think she's freaking sexy the dogs beyond out? human belief. I hate that song. <laughs> it's in the movie, by the way. Oh, is no. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's, could it's, have been. it's over the end credits. It's who let who let the doms out, and it's oh, just God. a bunch of Toretto's. You guys, I I don't get paid to be funny, and now you know why. Um, <laughs> that's pretty. I would pay to, to hear a parody who, called "Who Let the Doms let the Out." Doms out. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> terrible, terrible. But uh, that, yeah, the the manifold thing is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Your computer is its car is like the Millennium Falcon. Well, and we should mention we should mention real quick that, like you said, uh, Edwin does not get to hook up with with either girl right she she totally bullshitted him by saying even if you don't win you get to sleep with me well, she calls him the n-word she dude. does so we have you someone, didn't win we have someone in the in the first 15 minutes call a main character a faggot 
which I'm we are in staunch agreement is a horrible word. And right. then in this one, she used the N word. Like, Two what a politically incorrect 2001 well, we used to live in. And I just thought, just from a personal writing standpoint, like instead of saying, what, you didn't win, she should have said, you came in last. Right. Like, like because that, that way her, her original offer isn't total bullshit, but it's like, well, you didn't just lose, you came in last. And that, anyway, right. that's here, neither here nor there. You know what, though? I got a feeling that they were like, what do you want her to say right here? And he was like, let's just roll the cameras. Ja Rule and wrote let, the line. Yeah, let's just roll the cameras. You know Ja Rule didn't write that. He, <laughs> he would have been like, I still got laid. He, right, he would have ended right. up with her if he wrote that line. And he, he came in fourth, you get four girls. Yeah, it's like he, he's he's as disappointed as the character is. Because <laughs> right, he's like, right. yo, man, I'm supposed to be a fucking internationally famous music superstar, yeah. and I don't even end up with the ugly redhead. Oh it makes gosh. him look really bad. But um, uh, so, I'm a redhead fan, but she, she's, uh, she's clearly like no, no Letty. She's no Letty. Well, who is? She's no Mia. So Brian drives up, and even though he's caused thousands of dollars of damage to his car, he's over the moon because he feels like he almost beat Dom. Still got that smile on got his face. Got that goofy smile on his face, and the, the crowd is kind of gathered around his destroyed Toyota. Dom walks up to explain all of the amateur moves that Brian just pulled, and I have to say that I am so impressed with Vin Diesel's monologue here. Like every time I watch it, I just feel like Vin Diesel can really pull this character off. He is he is a good actor when the, he has the right part. You almost had me? Like just that the delivery of that whole monologue right there, I yeah. just thought was great. I'm the king of the fucking hill. Yeah. Yeah. And uh the way he talks about the, you know, you know, racing as sort of a culture. And like I said, all those extras are actual apparently street car race guys and so like they are just all behind him and i just thought that scene right there for me kind of solidified vin diesel as the sort of this dom toretto character i think that is the point where actual car culture you know aficionados like the street that is probably the point in the movie where the people were like this guy really is one of us Mm -hmm. like that's what endeared him to them you know what i mean because it's like he he walks the walk, knows he what talks he's talking the talk, about. you know, and of course, of course, poor Brian is just sitting with that dumb, goofy look <laughs> in his face, that, that puppy dog look. I almost had you, dude. Oh, did this do, did this sway you at all, Anthony? No, nothing. You got no. nothing out of this performance from Vin Diesel. No, not at all. I, I thought he was super monotone and just okay. like, okay. you know, you thought you would beat me. Like, I, I didn't think that was cool. I thought it was super cheesy. Well, I just thought that, like, he's like, you've never raced a car, man. <laughs> That's very true. I, I never have. Doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. It's Something, like, yeah. That yeah. is a great line. Right? Something yeah. that. Winning is winning. I, I got a kick out of the, the crowd reaction. Like, every time Dom would say something, you would just hear in the background, ooh. And I guess oh, that, that was legitimate. Yeah. It's almost like they're doing snaps. Yeah. You totally. Know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Which they except, kind of were in a Brian way. doesn't have any snaps because he's he's a white boy trying to trying to do you know awesome shit and right. coming off like a silly white boy. And aside from Dom's uh, crew, possibly the only white guy there. I mean, I didn't see any. Well, anyway, yeah. <laughs> maybe other than that the pizza out. guy. <laughs> other than the pizza yeah, guy. Yeah. So they're all you know. Uh, you know, standing around Brian's car and the scanner reports that the cops have been notified about the street race. Surprised it took Jeez them this it, long. The cops. Cheese at the yeah. cops. 
The cops, they're done with their murder investigation. <laughs> Apparently, it wasn't as big of a murder oh, shit. as we thought. It was a flesh wound. Get out of here. I mean, if you think about this, think about this for one second. The race was 10 seconds long. They've been there for maybe two minutes in, 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 in our time. Right. So in that two minutes, the cops have gotten to Glendale, performed. <laughs> they were like, this isn't a murder at all. He takes clearly, pictures. He clearly fell from the roof. Let's, <laughs> let's go capture those car racers. Good it's work, like, man. It's like, it was two minutes later. That's He's a good like, point. Jesus, the cops. <laughs> and they all take and off. And they like, all freak out. They like, spread. they all take off. The best part is, though, is you have to imagine how realistic that has to be if they're probably. all real street racers. He's probably like, it's the cops. And they all ran and he got it. That way they didn't have to pay him. Exactly. They just all exactly. took off. That scene is just real. So like <laughs> they all took off and got home and we're like, wait a minute. We didn't get our meal or our $50. What the fuck? But Rob Cohen came in under budget. And that's what's important. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they all, they all take off. <laughs> Genius, dude. <laughs> so they they all t- what's that? I just said that was genius. Thank you. I love the fact that we think that way. It's like he really fucking got rid of them. Like they bolted for real. <laughs> hey, you never know, we, guys. We have to get the shot because we only get one take. All right. Well, what are so- you gonna do, boss? It's the cops. Roll them. <laughs> Golden shot. So they all take off and Dom ditches his car in some parking abandoned it's like parking the world's garage. loneliest parking lot. <laughs> right. It's like there's overnight parking on the sign. I was in there. There's no one in the parking lot. I wouldn't, but I would, you know what? I wouldn't uh, doubt it if Dom owns that building and that is just his. That's a secret. really good observation because well, or he's stolen all this stuff. Are the people who live in that neighborhood smart enough not to leave their cars overnight at a hundred tenth and Hawthorne in a parking uh, structure there? Also true. Yeah. So my car was here yesterday. I, I, I swore I left it right here. Right here. Right. So he takes off on foot and he's spotted by a cop outside. The most eagle-eyed cop on the force. He's literally walking down the street. Right. The cop stops like three quarters of the way down the road, turns around, puts on his mic and goes, Toretto. Toretto, stop. He'd recognize that bald head anywhere. Are you kidding me? Everyone he's knows the Toretto. Only bald street racer in LA. Who wears a leather coat like that? Come right. On. That's true. He was strutting. It was and his so own fault. It was. And the cop tells him to stop, but Dom runs, but Dom runs down an alley. Brian pulls up right behind him, somehow in the car that he just almost destroyed. I know they just made fun of how he destroyed the car, barely the made it over toast, the finish line. How they're gonna have to like, yeah, how 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 basic? I mean, his manifold was shot for Christ's sake. Right, time is really wonky in this series, isn't it? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. There, there's no solid conception of it no yeah it's really strange did he have time to fix something because like jesse does mention like oh we got to do this and we got to do that so that's kind of interesting yeah uh but so dom hops in the car with brian and he does some fancy maneuvers to to get around the cops and everything and what's interesting about that there is how brian drives is what really impresses dom i think at that point because it's not it's just racing. almost as if he can predict how cops act <laughs> well but sort of yeah and that and that he's not just driving in a straight line like a race but like he has to maneuver around these these uh, vehicles and dom is kind of like what's really going on yeah you a wheel man yeah you boost, you boost cars. cars yeah 
Yeah. Great dialogue. You could tell that. By the way, I'm willing to bet that that dialogue in that scene was all David Ayers all the way. You think? Like that's totally David. Very trail man, day, right? <laughs> yeah. What are you a wheel man? You some kind of you boost cars. And that's what, exactly. And it turns out that uh, Jesse had done some research on the web about Brian Earl Spiller. On, on, on that spanking young, <laughs> that's brand spanking new interwebs. That's I love right. the line where he goes, he could find anything on anybody on, on the, the internet. Web. And it's like, nowadays, you really can. They, they boosted those AOL discs. That's right. Free trials. Someone right. had to. Right. <laughs> Dude, you totally, nowadays, you put Brian Earl Spiller in there, you get everything. You totally dox this son of a bitch. <laughs> Back then, though, you needed a hacker. To find right. out what was going on with Brian Earl. Right. Spilner. Like what is Jesse doing on the web that just, you know, Dom couldn't have done himself. Right, like right. Google wasn't a thing. Dude, you, I f- guess you forget though. Ask that, like, geez, 17 dude. years ago, <laughs> ask Dom, 17 Dom. years ago, like search That's engine true. stuff. SEO was not what it is. That's today. true. Like, you know, you could look something up, but you're not going to, you could already find anything about people back then. Now, you know, especially after, you know, Facebook, just run a background like that, like check. The, info, yeah. the info's everywhere. Well, I remember when Yahoo was the big one. Yeah, what was the dog one? Dog pile? Yeah, no, there was another one. It started with an L or something. I, I know what you're talking about, yeah. but it's, yeah. It's lost, lost. Why don't you Google it, yeah. Anthony? <laughs> That's How super meta. You're, you're Googling to see uh, what the name of the dead search engine was. The uh, it, it, But yeah, back then, that was like quite the thing. The feet. You know, and he goes, yeah, how about your two years in juvie? Well, yeah, and that's a, you find out a lot about the two characters right here. Sort of yeah, Brian's backstory really, yes. and Dom's Is it Brian's story. real backstory? That's the thing. How much of Brian Spillner's character story is real? No, that is, that is something that I did want to talk about, and I'm glad that you brought that up, is because, you know, he does, like, Dom does have that line where he says, You've obviously raced before. Now we've seen him. Well, he says you've done this before. Yeah, you've like, done this out, before. Like the yeah, dr- he knows that he's he's a competent driver. That's why he asked him if he's a wheelman totally. or whatever. But the weird thing about it is, is, is if you really think about it, he obviously is someone that they've chosen, that the cops have chosen, which, spoiler for the next 15 minutes, but he is someone that, that has been chosen because he has these skills. Right. So it does make you wonder if he was like some street, you know, rat kid. Exactly. Who, who, who did boost got, cars. Yeah, who got kind of like, it took, somebody took him under his wing and kind of said, hey, why don't or you Or he got arrested and they were like, like, hey, that. you could go to jail or work for us or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, so he clearly has that experience racing cars. You know, he's not or somebody he was grown in a lab. He was could what? be. He could have yeah. been grown in a lab. You know what? He's very good looking and he's like the blonde Keanu Reeves. So mm-hmm. maybe he was grown in a lab. What if they used like one of Keanu's pubes from uh, <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? <laughs> they mixed it with Alex Winters. Who is blonde. And he is the love child of Holy shit. Bill and Ted. I'm, I'm Paul Walker. Brian is Earl Spilner is the Bill and Ted love child baby. You heard I, it. I'm first. totally down with this head cannon. This I is like going to change the way I watch the rest of the movie. I like it. Yeah. Cause yeah. when Rufus shows up later, it all <laughs> makes sense. And uh, Dom, we find out did spend two years in prison. What for? We don't know in yet. Lompoc, by the way, which is, is that a, a bad maximum. Prison? It is a maximum security prison. For those of you who are Elmore Leonard fans, Lompoc ah. features. Uh, it is, I believe in Miami, might be Miami Dade. I'll have to like double check on that, but it is a maximum security prison for like in felons. Florida. You're saying it's in Florida. Interesting. So uh, what? There's th- a Lompoc in California too. Let's really? uh, let's look it up. Yeah, there's a Lompoc, California. Yeah, um, I know that the it's Lompoc also a, a prison. They actually took parts of Alcatraz and transferred it over, and they called it the New Rock. 
uh, for a while. I had an aunt because they call Vin Diesel the new rock is in for a while. Lompoc, California, <laughs> I, guys, I'm a huge Elmore Leonard fan, and I fucking ruined that because I know Elmore Leonard almost always only does character stuff in in uh, d- d- Detroit and Florida, though. So that's kind of the weird thing, is which is why I must have thought it was in Miami. I guess Miami Dade is a, is a prison. So I'm an idiot. Dade, don't County, listen to me. Yeah. You should have yeah. used Lycos.com to look Lycos, it up. Lycos, that's, that's it. what it was. Rough, yeah. rough. The, uh, <laughs> just like my jokes in this podcast. The, uh, no, but yeah, so he did two years. Lompoc is like, that's a maximum security prison. So, I mean, he did something pretty bad. So if you know that prison, there. then you know it's because we don't get any more information than that at yeah. this point. So, yeah. you know, it's probably something bad. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is managed by the federal Bureau of prisons and has a population of 1480. However, according to Google and not like us, <laughs> it's security classes, low security. So damn Elmore Leonard didn't do his research. I'm starting to start to break. Well, my now heart. that Dom, now that Dominic Toretto is not in there, they lowered their, they lowered it. Security right. clearance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They've gone from pitch black status to low security <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, find me guilty. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> the only movie where Vin Diesel has hair <laughs> yeah, exactly. and lost money. Oh, yeah. no. So in the middle of Brian and Dom's bonding experience, a group of Asian bikers intercept them and instruct Brian to follow them to a Chinese restaurant. Well, they, they, yeah, they, gunpoint. They yeah. instruct them, yeah, w- by Uzi. <laughs> Uzi point, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, you don't really have a choice. I know, they're, right? They're so polite about it, though. Hey, follow us. Yeah. Well, it, I, it does drawn. seem like there is some relation. Like Dom clearly knows who these guys are. Yeah, so Brian's there's some got relationship. His usual like puzzled look. Yeah, in his deer face. in the headlights. Yeah. Well, he probably realizes he's in a bit over his head at this point. More so probably. than what he thought he was going to be getting into. Well, especially at this point when yeah. when he, when he gets to the parking lot and all the bikers take their helmets off, all menacing like, and uh, you know they got their leather pants on. Uh, yeah, that's intimidating. Menacing, yeah, leather pants are menacing unless you're in West Hollywood, and then right, then they're just enticing to, right. to many. The, <laughs> then they're uh, an extra twenty bucks. Now I do have to point out that uh, the villain uh, is it Johnny? It's Johnny Tam. Is Johnny name, Tran. Right? Johnny Tran. Uh, this character is played by Rick Yoon, who is a well-known you know Asian character actor. He's broken a lot of ground for a lot of a lot of Asian actors. You know what I mean? He he was one of the villains in Die Another Day. Uh, he was the main villain in Die Another Day. Um, I have a really cool story about this guy, actually, uh, because he is Korean. And uh, I used to work at the uh, improv in Hollywood as a bouncer. And my buddy Ron, who is a Korean comedian, we went to eat at uh, a diner like three in the morning. And Rick Yoon was in there. And we were like, holy shit, dude, that's Rick Yoon, man. And Rick Yoon came over to the table and he said, hey, you're that that Korean comedian to my buddy Ron. Oh, shit. And his name's Ron McGee. He's a Korean Irish. And Ron was like, holy shit, how do you know me? And he goes, I came to see one of your shows. You're really cool. Dinner's on me. And wow. he paid for our food. He was totally cool. Wow. So I got to give a shout out to Rick Yoon, man. Every time I see him in a movie, I'm really happy to see him like That's doing cool. well. Yeah, and he was totally cool. Thanks for the eggs, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. And I, I recognized, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, he's one of those guys that's like, oh, I know that face. And the guy that plays his cousin, uh, Reggie Lee, I believe, is also another uh, yeah, Asian well actor known. that you've seen just in tons of stuff. Um, I think you know he's would be awesome what? is if Rick Yoon gets cast as like a bad guy in like the next crazy rich Asians movie. Cause he's, sure. he's one of those guys. He's a really great actor, great Asian actor. I think he deserves like 
This time they're really, really crazy. Yeah, this time they're really crazy. <laughs> He's like, you know what? Dinner's on Super me. Rich. They're like, whoa. <laughs> but no, it'd be cool to have him come in as like a, a menace. He always he's better as a menacing character you have him come in and maybe threaten the marriage you know he's the dude who comes mm-hmm. in and he's like is he gonna steal you know the one i don't know i'm just <laughs> bullshitting right now we're just we're just uh yeah spitball i got no, i got nothing spitball i just want to see rick yoon in more shit because he's badass well he, he is eggs. yeah i know he may buy me another meal if he hears about this story so <laughs> and uh johnny here is is apparently mad because dom is in his territory how they knew that it was dom in that car I'm not sure. They were listening to the police <laughs> uh, the scanners. They knew, yeah. Right, right. Maybe they were the ones who killed that person in Glendale. I was just going like, to say that. Yeah. They were like, uh, let's go shake down Dom now. You know, let's find him. And Johnny compliments Brian's car, and I kind of felt like they were implying that he was going to steal it. Like they, but He was going to take it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, and this was not something that I thought was going to be that important to bring up but like when we're watching it there's that whole bit where dom says well because brian says it's not my car it's well, the dom. Guy goes he goes nice ride is this your car yeah he's like yeah no and then yeah dom goes well i haven't got the bill of sale yet right and Whatever i thought it was such is. a weird thing to say it, i haven't taken delivery yet and it's like why right. why bring this up but the, but it's the look on his face that i think betrays something going on that he knows there. he kind of knows johnny he knows what's about to happen and, yeah and my theory that i hadn't thought of until we this time we watched it was that like because he knows that uh johnny's about to probably blow this car up if he or says it's l- his or car at the least steal it take it. exactly if yeah, then either way dom's not gonna get this car and it's owed him so right like and if he says it's his car then yeah. it's gone but yeah. if he says it's not my car he can get another car from brian right or, yeah, or he was going to get that car thinking that they aren't going to do what they're about to do. Right. Because then if they don't do anything, then he still could have obviously taken it. Right. Yeah. But it was cool when they blew it up. Well, you know, what's really funny about that, and and as you were saying, like, how did they know it was like Dominic Toretto in the car? There's so many movie conventions that you don't stop to think about when you're watching a movie. Like, there, there are scenes where, like, in a movie, the hero gets beaten up. And he gets in his car. He's like at the beach or whatever. And he gets beaten up. He gets in his car and he's just driving down the street and he'll stop. And then the bad guys pull up next to him and they're like, uh, and he's like, oh, and they, and they grab him. And you're like, were they following him the whole time? <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. They would know where he's at. Like, you're right. Why would that? Why would this, this notorious Asian street gang suddenly just like, no, Hey, there's Dominic. It's like everybody's got eagle eyes. Dominic Toretto must be the most identifiable criminal in Southern California uh-huh. because the cop was like, Toretto, stop. <laughs> and now these guys are like, it's Dominic Toretto in that car. It's expediting They've the script. Guns pulled out already right. when they pull up like they knew. Right. And then, and then here's another question. Why didn't Toretto say, hey, don't go into this neighborhood. <laughs> the dude here wants to kill me because I banged his fucking sister. Also a good point. Does not bring any of that up. And then, but this brings me to my point. They they literally, like, do, do villains plan this kind of shit out? <laughs> like, hey, man, when we pull this guy over, we're going to, like, act all whatever. Then we're going to take off. And then two of us are going to go back and we're going to shoot the car up <laughs> in a dramatic fashion. Right. You know what I mean? It's like that, like they planned it. I like but to you think never they hear them planning it in a movie. They just drive off. You're like, oh. And then they come back yeah. and you're like, oh, no. And they shoot the car up. And it's like. What great planning as a villain? Maybe they discussed it when they left. Like, like hey, you want to go back? Want to go back and shoot it? Yeah, Dude, they were they were having dinner. 
at uh, at uh, at Norm's, <laughs> and then Johnny Tran bought me my eggs, uh-huh. and then he was like, "Hey, if we run into Dominic Toretto tonight, <laughs> let's drive off and do whatever." And then drive back and like blow up his car. I think it'd be like you're really menacing. You're just inserting yourself into the Fast and Furious I universe. I really want to be in the Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> yeah. If I if I could play anyone, I'd like to play Vin Diesel's dumpy older brother. <laughs> that'd be that'd be fun. It can happen. I'd be Veet Diesel. And it, it can, and also it can happen. before they shoot up Anthony's the car. Like, Shut the fuck up, Vito. There's a point where Johnny before he shoots up the car mentions uh, that he'll see Dom in the desert. We don't know what that reference dun, is dun, yet. Dun. See him in the desert next month. And, uh, and Brian, after the whole explosion happens and everything, you know, they're walking away from the restaurants and Brian asks again for details. What is going on with you? Bro, this Johnny what's going guy. on over here, yeah. man? And uh, says Anthony's favorite part. Uh, basically, I banged your sister or his he, sister. Right. Yeah. yeah. Dom says there was a business deal that went sour and I also banged his sister. So right. it's more about banging the sister though. Let's I think be honest. so. I think that's the real implication. Which is here. really creepy. If you think about it, like Johnny Tran, come on, man, you're just going to sleep who, with who she wants. You know what I mean? Well, Why is he like trying to tell her not to sleep? or something? Right. He's not Indiana Jones. Ooh. And For so those of you who are cinema fans, you'll understand what look I'm talking that up, about. Yeah. There. Yeah. And so this this is the culmination of this fifteen minutes. So that yeah, that fifteen minutes literally ends on the line. Plus, I banged a sister. Heyo, and it's completed their entire bonding. I mean, they are they have a relationship now that is entirely it's created a within that, that will last minutes. nine films. Yeah, because that's right. Brian's trying to bang years. his sister. Yeah, so they have something in common. That's part of it. Yeah, yeah. weird. Yeah, right. it's it's really weird how the dynamics come up. But it is good writing. That's solid writing. And again, I mean, I really think that Vin Diesel pulls this part off. Like it's he's got this sort of like he's impressed with Brian, but I really read the skepticism too. Like he's a little suspicious in a way. I don't know, maybe it's just because I've watched it a few times now. But the the weird thing about Vin Diesel is is when when his characters work, they really work, and when they don't, they don't. Mm-hmm. But he really excels in playing like the badass with the sensitive side. Like we were sure. talking about how uh, what was what was the stuff we were joking about? Like the badass. Oh, it was Tom Selleck. How you're saying like that the new you know Magnum PI looks yeah. a little too soft. Like yeah. the guy playing him. Like Tom Selleck was like a badass who happened to have a soft side. Exactly. And that, that works. That's Vin Diesel in a nutshell. Sure. Like you know, people watching that movie, all the dudes are like, God, it'd be fucking dope to be Vin Diesel. He's so fucking badass. He's ripped. He's like gruff. He's rough. And all the women are like, yeah, but he'd love me down. Like he's, totally. he's like sensitive. He's the kind of guy who'd like bring you a soft drink after he bangs, bangs you out <laughs> in the back of yeah, like yeah. his muscle car. He's like, you want to He's given a lot of thought to this. Dude, Vin Diesel is amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a total. No, I've, I've often said I, I am a heterosexual who has a total, you know, heterosexual man crush on Vin Diesel. Like, I think the dude's fucking awesome. If we could get him on the show. That'd be even more awesome, right? Episode one hundred. Yeah, I, I, there's, I, I, he's one of those kind of guys. Not to to wax too rhapsodic about it, but I mean, like, he really gives a shit about his fans. Um, you could tell he gives a shit about the movies. He wants to make the best movies he can. Doesn't always do it. We got to be honest with ourselves. I mean, the, the last Witch Hunter. Yeah, but but you know, like, you look at the Riddick movies. The guys trying to build like these mythologies and stuff like that. Like. He has a good grasp. You can't of, fault his ambition. Yeah, yeah. He has a good grasp of like cinematic um, 
know-how in the sense of like building that mythology up, building the characters, building their relationship. Well, I believe he got cast in Saving Private Ryan based on a one-man short film that he had done. That somehow yeah, it was called uh, it was multifacial, I believe, something like that. Yeah, I've well, seen the short film. It's, don't Google that. No, yeah, <laughs> know, yeah. Right? do not Google multifacial. Or at least put multifacial wanna... in quotes, maybe that'll, or yeah, short Yeah, because if, if the results come up for Pornhub, don't just, click on it unless you're It's all Bukkake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, multi- I have seen the short film multifacial, which is weird. Um, it's because he wrote, produced, and directed that as a way to get himself into the industry. And I guess it played at like the New York Film Festival. Really? And like Martin Scorsese saw it, and I guess he was like, oh, I like that a lot. And then Spielberg saw it. And Spielberg cast him as uh, Pirelli. I, I think his name is Pirelli in uh, Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. The weird thing about it is, is the only good thing about the short film is Diesel's acting. Like, I didn't really? think the directing was very good. Um, it wasn't very well written. But the story is about a guy who is neither white nor black. Like, you can't really pin his his ethnicity. And so he's going on all of these auditions trying to like get jobs and they're like, Oh, you're not white enough. And then he goes to the next one. Like you're not black enough. You're not Italian enough. And he's like, what the fuck am I? That's interesting. And it's interesting that he wrote that up for himself and then was cast and that it worked because he was, he doesn't have a definitive ethnicity. And I also think that kind of weighs in on why he's so popular because honestly, if you look at the guy, you can't really tell if he, you know what That's I mean? True. You could look at him and go, is this guy like, is Hispanic. he Samoan? Is yeah. he Hispanic? Is he Italian? Is he black? Since you can't really tell, he appeals to everybody. You can, everyone can kind of identify you know what with I mean? him. Yeah. And so I like, I like that idea of somebody who's kind of like, he's an ethnic everyman. You, you know, know, that's so interesting. And then because like, uh, Paul Walker in a lot of ways, I mean, I don't know, I guess he's kind of a hunky type, but I mean, he does have an everyday guy quality. He's got a weird Paul Newman quality yeah. about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, now, granted, I'm not comparing him to him because Paul Newman was a fucking astounding Was a thespian. Actor. <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, like Paul Newman, oh, I think, yeah. was very underrated in his time because he was so good looking that like people didn't, re- like Brad Pitt, like people don't realize what great, you know, chops this guy has because he's a good looking dude. But like Paul Walker, I don't want to crap on, on the man, sure. but he, he was an extremely likable actor. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're fans of these movies. You know what I mean? Yes. He definitely had star power, but he wasn't the greatest. actor. There's a few deli- line line deliveries. Yeah. No, he had a real, there was like this affability about him. He really did seem like the kind of guy, like you could hang out with and have a beer, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't want to leave your sister around him. Because sure. he'd bang your sister and you'd be like, but you couldn't be mad <laughs> because he's Paul Walker. Right. You'd be like, oh, I forgive Paul, you, man. I left you alone you for five condom? minutes. Um, all right. I forgive you. Let's go race some cars. Well, especially for the time he just comes off as the poor man's Ryan Felipe. <laughs> no, dude, Ryan. I, I'm Ryan Felipe is the poor Felipe. man's Paul Walker. Yeah, dude. Dude, back on. then, no, he was super big. Something? That's Ryan Felipe, though, lost me when was it at the Oscars where he was co-presenting with his then wife, um, Reese Witherspoon. R- Reese Witherspoon, and they were about to read. They both started to read like who the winner was, and he very bitterly said, "You know what? You read it. You make more money than I do anyway." And and everybody in the audience was like, "Whoa! Wow! I didn't see dude. that." Dude, and I I remember seeing that and going, "Oh, their marriage is fucking over." Like, wow, because she was way more popular than he was, and obviously making more money. And then, like six months later, their marriage was history. Well, not to go on a tangent, but I, I've heard she's a really horrible person. She uh, 
originally had the role of um, Shannon Doherty's character in Mallrats. Kevin Smith like auditioned her, and she like continues to this day to shit talk him. That's too bad. Yeah, it's in a book I remember, but um, yeah, like I hear that Ryan Felipe is actually a really cool and nice dude. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. We're gonna get to the bottom of this. So, so we're nice gonna have him on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> He's like, so guys, why am I here? Uh, by the way, I will say this. I might It might have seemed like I was shit-talking Ryan Felipe, but like Way of the Gun is a very underrated, amazing, amazing The same movie. writer as uh, Usual Suspects, right? The, the writer and director of Mission Impossible 5 and 6, Christopher McQuarrie, who is a brilliant, brilliant guy. Yeah, there is, there is a... Okay, so for those of you who are fans of Fast and the Furious, this movie, it's Benicio Del Toro and Ryan Felipe playing these villains that are named after uh, the uh, real names of uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid. Mm-hmm. It's Parker and Longbow is what they call themselves in the, in the the movie. But there is a slow motion car chase that has to be seen to be believed. It's in slow motion. Interesting. And it's brilliant. I don't want to ruin it for you, but go rent that movie. Plus it has an opening sequence. That's amazing with Sarah Silverman in it. Interesting. Yeah. So get your movie recommendations. Yeah, Ryan Phillippe right has a great line your... where he goes, shut your girlfriend up before I fuck start her head. Oh, boy. Jesus. That's, oh that's boy. one of the opening lines of the movie, and it just gets crazier from there. It's really good, though. Please rent that movie. <laughs> I'll put it on my list. Way of the gun, people. Well, is, there, is there anything else you wanted to mention about the, the, the bonding of, of Dom and Brian, this epic movie relationship? Friendship? It is. It is. I mean, that is like, it, well, th- this 15 minutes of the movie is so monumentally important in the history. I now Anthony's going to look at me really funny when I say this, but it is important in the history of, of cinema. And when I say cinema, I mean just movies in general, because no one could have known that this sequence totally. was going to literally jumpstart a franchise that was going to last 17 years and was going to just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're getting like on 10, sequence, 11 movies. This 15 minutes yeah. is, is the beginning moment that launches all of that. It, you know, literally and figuratively mm-hmm. is that 15 minutes because this is, it's, it's that friendship that grows in the movies that, that became like that. I mean, you know, we'll get to this eventually, obviously in 60 episodes or whatever, but you know, when Paul Walker passed, like there's a genuine history that these characters have mm-hmm. and the fans mm-hmm. that really comes to a head in that movie. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. And this is the beginning of that. So mm-hmm. it's like a monumental 15 minutes in like B movie action history. And this is sort of what I'm talking about is like the, these well-written emotional sort of beats within the ridiculous sort of action silliness, you yeah. know, is that like, uh, Brian's integration into Dom's crew to me feels like, I mean, you could nitpick it, but like pretty natural. I mean, pretty believable. And sure. it's like everything has to, for, for everything later to work at all, this has to work initially. And it's, it's that old story cliche of like the cop who finds the way into the crew. You know what I mean? But yet it works and it's somehow kind of like, again, because Paul Walker is so likable, he has, he has such a, like a goofiness and a charm about him Mm -hmm. that you're like, this guy couldn't possibly be an undercover cop. Right. There's, there's like an unappealing or, um, unassumingness to him. Like he's very unassuming. No. Yeah, he is. Yeah. (laughs) That works despite his, yeah, it's got a, he's got a sneaky charm. Yeah. 
Anthony, uh, as the guy who is new to the movies, what did you think of this 15 minutes? Um, I enjoyed it slightly less than the first. I, oh I think I, I got a real kick out of the character development in the first 15 minutes. Um, this 15 minutes was more of just kind of action, which, mm-hmm. you know, in action movies aren't really my thing, especially when they involve cars. Well, if you'll they love were, the rest of the Fast and Furious yeah. bit. <laughs> Well, if they're involving, you know, uh, lasers and lightsabers, I'd be cool with it. But I, I will say, if I may mm-hmm. point something out, it's what Joel Silver, the famous producer of like the Matrix movies. And I'm, I'm only you guys know who this is already. But for yeah. those of you who may not know this, Joel Silver basically produced almost all of the major action films of the 80s and early 90s. He did the Matrix. He did um, Die Hard. This is like the action, you know, producer. He said mm-hmm. every 10 pages needs a whammy. So every time he goes, no matter if the movie is a, is a stone, you know, face drama, you have to have some sort of whammy every 10 pages. That's what he looks for. And 15 minutes into the movie, you get your race. That's your whammy. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and then you will be pleasantly surprised in the next 15 minutes because it's going to get more into the character stuff again. Very much. Very much. So, yeah, I think that's at least early on in the the franchise. That's what I'm going to gravitate towards um, more than the, the action and the stunts and whatnot. And you are going to find, sadly, that as the movies go on, they do rely more on the relationships that were built earlier in the mm-hmm. movies because they'll just mention family. And you're like, oh, do you get that association like you've been, you know, talked to by a, by an NLP practitioner? <laughs> you know, oh, I oh, associate this with family. I love like, continuity porn. Like totally, they're but, throwing totally. back. Okay, yeah. So you're you're in for like a really wild fucking ride, dude, mm-hmm. because there's some amazing stuff coming up in the other movies that, again, is built upon in this one. And in very surprising and interesting ways. And I mean, earlier when we were talking, um, you know, at least as far as my knowledge of the films go, which is very limited. um, Later on, the movies take themselves less seriously. Well, I I think I don't know that that I wouldn't. You're yes and no. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like that's it's such a larger discussion I mean, that's part of why I wanted to do this podcast is that like, yes, but again, because it's the same writer and director over four, three, four, five, six, and seven, it really feels like they planned out these five movies. And like, there's a lot of continuity within those that I think is specifically because it's one guy writing the whole thing. There's yeah. also something that we pointed out before we started the the show about, um, how I'd loved the original Sicario. And then the second was written by the same guy, but it didn't have, there was something fundamentally about the characters. I don't want to spoil it, but like that changed them in a way that negated what they had done on the first movie. And I was like, it was the same writer. Like how did he not know these characters well enough that he violated these, these actions that these characters would not have done. And so they don't do that in these movies. And a lot of sequels, I think all the great sequels do something with the first film that expands the universe in the second film, but, but stays true to that, that original nugget that they started with. Mm -hmm. You have alien and then it goes into aliens. You have back to the future one, two and three, the star Wars films, you know, like those characters say what you want about the last Jedi, but Luke stays the same character even in the last Jedi that he was in those other movies. If you watch them over, I'm probably going to get hate mail now, but, um, and that's for your hate tweets to, uh, 
Uh, send don't your hate us, tweets please. to I don't give a shit at fucking <laughs> fuck you dot com. I don't care. Um, but anyway, um, well, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at yes. So Fast Podcasts. Yes, and, and but, uh, yeah, and I, obviously I love our fans, even though this is episode two. <laughs> but our future fans who are going to be listening, like, of course. But <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like like the, these movies really do take. There are throwaway lines in this first movie that get built upon later and things that happen in the second and the third that really just tie in. And you, you, you could tell that the writer Chris Morgan, like really thought about it. And because those, because those moments work, that for me is why I'm able to forgive some of the sillier stuff, even, even though, I mean, like, it's not that it's bad. I mean, like there are things that are just kind of over the top and and ridiculous, but they hit the character stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, well, what I'm talking about is is more of the the stunts and less of the characters, because this. That's true. I, I That's mean, true. That's y- a big yes. Y- you guys even said that a lot of the extras were actually, um, you know, illegal street racers. So I'm sure they consulted those people and wanted it to kind of have an authenticity. Yeah. And that authentic uh, that authenticity, um, just I I don't care. Like I I have no interest in it whatsoever. Um, but. I think as the movies progress, at least, you know, again, I haven't seen them. Uh, well, I saw the last one that came out, which was Fate of the Furious, right? Ooh, um, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about not, that later. Not a good start. So it's good that we went back to the beginning. Yeah. But like as they're building towards, you know, Fate of the Furious, they, you know, kind of have this mentality of like, all right, we, we got to top the first movie. We got to top the, you know, second movie you got top third movie fourth and so on and at a certain point it just gets like super ridiculous where they're fucking driving cars out of airplanes and you know driving tanks on the ice and stuff like that or one could argue that their race car skills get so good that by the eighth movie they're able to go out of a plane and in the first one they couldn't possibly have been that good I'm, I'm not buying that. Well, there's, there'll be a lot to learn and, and, and to go over, and I'm excited to be part of your uh, journey into Fast and Furious, Anthony. And I'm excited that everyone You're way more excited than Anthony is. <laughs> if you folks at home can see the sad, bored look on his face right now. <laughs> look, I, I thought it would be a lot worse than it actually is. That's all there, I can hope for yeah, at this point. There are things that you know I, I am enjoying... Um, and you know, it's my first experience. Like exactly. you guys have, you know, the eight movies to, to bond with these characters to, you know, kind of study these movies. And I'm coming on, you know, as, as kind of the, the toddler, if in you a will. Way, in a way. Yeah. Well, Soon you shall walk son. Yes. And then you shall feed. I don't even know what that meant. <laughs> I'm just looking like forward to the point where I don't shit myself. Of Fast and Furious. <laughs> Well, I think, <laughs> on, that I think on, on that note, we've mentioned every possible <laughs> human taboo in this episode possible. I Good. think maybe we should wrap it up. I at think this point. so. And uh, I'd like to thank uh, Vito and Anthony for joining me and, and everyone out there in podcast land. Yeah. Forgive us for our horrible jokes <laughs> and by us. I mean me. So awesome. But guys, uh, why don't we wrap it up? Why don't we uh, mention our social media and the like? Uh, Anthony, what's up with you, man? Where can people find you? You can only find me on Twitter. And if you find me on something else, I will be severely creeped out. So don't do that. My Twitter handle is This Game Cheats on Twitter. So there you go. And I'm an old fart. I'm an old fart. So I'm on Facebook. I, I am on Twitter at Vito Lapicola. I got to tell you, though, I very rarely tweet. I think I've done like 
15 tweets my entire life. However, that is going to probably change now that we're doing the show because I love the show and I'm invested in it. So I'll probably be doing a lot of retweeting for that. Where, Zach, can we find this uh, this uh, lovely Twitter? You can find uh, the Twitter for this podcast at SoFastPodcast. And uh, I'm at Zach for real. That's R-E-E-L. But, uh, Clever. Yeah. Why not, right? Because it's movies. And... Uh, <laughs> It's, it's like, it's like cinematically clever and yet very practical. Yeah, exactly. You're like, plus, you know, Zach Morris had Zach for real with an A. He did. Yeah. Bastard. That bastard. Uh, but I would love to, to build our so fast podcast Twitter. So feel free to follow us there and stay up to date with all of our uh, stuff. Also, uh, now that we are full, full, full on running, uh, into episode two and stuff like that, make sure you rate the podcast. Uh, give us five yes. stars on iTunes. That, that helps really helps, uh, Google play and everything. Like that. Google play. Um, hit us up. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Yes. Um, but most of all, like we said, please give us five stars. Even if you only think we're a four star show, which I can't believe. No, but, yeah. it, you know, because those those ratings really do help. It's going to get us a, a lot more exposure. Uh, follow us on the interwebs and stuff like that. And uh, tell your friends. Tell all your friends. Awesome. And guys. family. Woohoo. Yay. Yeah, we, we appreciate it. Yeah. See you next time.